bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And today I'm bringing you a very important show uh, for today, Election Day in America, where our democracy is in grave danger. In fact, I'd say it's on life support. <laughs> and unless we do something, all of us, um, quickly and strongly, we are, someone else is going to be pulling the plug, and that's literally what's happening today in some of our election booths uh, as Dark forces are taking our election, our, our right, our democracy, our right to vote uh, accurately uh, away. And my guests today are really in the thick of things. We're really fortunate to have them sharing time with us today because uh, they're being called all over the United States to try to put out fires or comment on fires. Um, they're people, the co-editors of a new book called Hack. High-Tech Election Theft in America. And uh, my guest right now, welcome to the show, Vicki Karp is with us. And then later on in the show, her co-editor, Abby Waldman-Delosier, um, is going to be joining us as well. So thank you for um, pulling over and, uh, <laughs> from your, your uh, very frantic day um, to share some information uh, and experience that you've had with this problem. I mean, you know, it's funny. There have been um, sort of whispers of this problem for a while now, mm-hmm. and um, these whispers have grown increasingly loud and uh, um, commanding um, mm-hmm. as we've approached this election. But, you know, partly uh, I, I would like to know, well, first of all, my, my questions for you are what is the problem Mm-hmm. And I know that's a very complex question. You could spend a week just answering that. And then how we got here. I mean, it seems like um, people are just sort of waking up to it this election day to mm-hmm. the extent of the problem. But it's been, right. a pro- it's been with us for a while. Well, that's right, Carol. And I want to thank you for having me on. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure. And uh, my, my goal with my co-editor and with Deb Harris and those of us that have been working on this a long time is to help inform the public, and so uh, every radio show host like yourself that allows us on is helping us accomplish that, so thank you. The problem with electronic voting is it is multifold, but what, what we're finding from the top four electronic voting machine vendors that have secret software that can't really be reviewed by citizens or even election officials is that out of the top four companies, two of the top four accidentally left their software on the Internet and that ended up getting reviewed by starting with Beth Harris and then uh, computer programmers after her and then Rice University and Johns Hopkins uh, computer scientists and security engineers and then many others have reviewed it and found and her initial findings, which have been validated by others, is that the software that runs the Diebold election systems, the number two electronic voting machine vendor in the United States, 
is actually, as she referred to it, a handbook on how to tamper with elections. And after she found it initially in 2003, she downloaded it onto a laptop and set up a mock election hmm. and, and was able, with the instructions that were sitting right there on these files that she got off the D-Ball website, able to hack in a secret back door into the central tabulator, and that's where all the final vote totals go for an election, and flip election results for two candidates, effectively flipping the, the, the final results of an election, and without any trace being left behind. And that hack, which took her less than three minutes in 2003, can now be done in less than a minute. And multiple other ways have been found to hack into that software. And then one of the other two companies as well, the Sequoia System, their, their software was left on the Internet. And a, a computer programmer from California named Jeremiah Aiken found it. And he's found multiple problems and ways to hack into it. But actually, the, the number of ways that, that this software can be hacked is I don't even know if I don't even know what the number is limitless almost limitless ways very sophisticated architecturally designed for several ways of hacking in but at the same time somebody with the computer knowledge of a high school kid apparently could do it <laughs> so um, we've got two companies out of four whose secret software has been reviewed and has been proven to be not only vulnerable to hacking but very likely designed for it yet we're expected to trust that ES&S, Electronic Systems and Software, and Hard Inner Civic, that their software is safe and we're not supposed to be worried about it, and we call that faith-based voting, and most of us that know about this are just not going to go for that. Well, how long? I mean, so 2003 was the first time that someone uh, realized that there was a problem? Well, problems had been showing up, but no one had evidence yet. It was just a sequence of anomalies and problems and, and glitches, as they call it. And, and Bev Harris, uh, who, was, who was at the time, just re she started noticing that there were patterns of problems with electronic voting machines from the 2002 midterm election. She started researching for her book, Black Box Voting, ballot tampering in the 21st century, and she just got on the Debell website and you know, Googled up their website and found these files there. So that was the first time that anyone could actually find clear evidence of, ha of not only that you could hack it, but that it was probably designed for that. Yeah. And so from that, of course, she's gone forward with black box voting, and now with this fantastic documentary on HBO. Was that something that you saw? Is that no. what it's called? Your, no. Uh, do you know about the documentary? No. Oh, this is amazing. I'm glad that um, this came up. HBO is doing this. It's running a documentary called Hacking Democracy, and it's going to be running eight or ten more days this month. It's, running, it's on three times today and several other times this month, and it actually features Bev Harris and black box voting investigations into electronic vote fraud ending with the, ha the hacking of real election equipment in Florida last year. Hmm. It's a very, very powerful story. It shows what one citizen can do. And it's a wake-up call to America. If anything, if, if 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 anything can do it, this will do it. We have to get every citizen involved in reclaiming our democracy. You know, of course, this is coming at such a terrible time. Not that any time would be good, but um, you know, the the numbers. I mean, there's been such a growing apathy in general about voting. I mean, so many uh, Americans don't even take advantage of their right to vote. And 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 also, there's been such a disillusionment um, with candidates, and so much um, hypocrisy, and and so much um, greed and fraud, and all kinds of things. It almost, you know, so many people feel that uh, neither one of the candidates 
uh, is worth their vote. And um, now, you know, with all these problems where you don't even know if your vote is going to be recorded accurately and count, um, I, I'm really concerned that a lot of people will just sort of throw up their hands and say, what the hell, when this is a time, you know, when we need strong leadership in our country. Well, I can see why people might feel that way, and I, I, sometimes I feel tempted to do the same thing because I feel quite certain that both, many of us who have been studying this for a long time firmly believe that the last two presidential elections were stolen, and I'm not speaking as a Democrat. I'm an independent. Um, I'm actually quite disappointed in the way John Kerry just handed the election over the next morning without waiting for evidence. There were volumes that were printed up of evidence of what happened in Ohio in 2004 and all the fraud that occurred in Ohio, which is where we believe that election was stolen. And Kerry didn't even wait 24 hours to see any of it before he just handed it over. Very disappointing. Well, so, yes, and, and with Gore, too. I was very disappointed in that election that, yes. um, because I think I agree with you that I think that the last two elections were stolen. I think at that point people knew a little less about, you know, how and mm-hmm. why and all that, but but or how it could be. Um, I think a lot of people were sort of con- ca- caught unawares when it happened. I mean, this happening in America and all, kind of like mm-hmm. the 9-11 of voting. <laughs> but, well, it's, that, that's true. That's a good way to put it. But you know what? It, we we I, And I understand why citizens would say, forget it, my vote's not counting. I mean, I, I voted today, and I'm, I'm kind of laughing while I'm voting. I go, yeah, right. But I, I wanted to see what happened because in the primary election, uh, last year, I lost my vote on a hard inner civic machine because I was trying to place a vote. Actually, it was in 2004 in the primary. I was trying to place a vote for the presidential candidate, and, it, and my vote was not registering on the screen properly. And I, I started getting very flustered. And I've used these machines before, and I'm, I'm not, you know, so I'm not so senile, but I can't figure it out, or so I thought. But oh, I ended up pressing the cast ballot button and losing my vote, and I was really mad. And, and I talked to somebody today who um, was very frustrated simply because he couldn't figure out how to make the machine work. And I know what happens is people get embarrassed. They don't want to ask yeah. for help. Yeah. They should ask for help, but they don't. I should have asked for help, and I didn't, and I lost my vote. And here comes a guy today. We have these parallel elections going on in Travis County in Austin where I live where we're inviting people to come out and vote on a paper ballot, mm. a duplicate ballot, and mm. throw it in a box and come back and watch the votes be counted at 7 o'clock. And this fellow comes out, and he says, you know, I wanted to vote. I don't like to vote straight party, but that was the only way I could figure mm. out how to vote because I was confused by the way the machine was working. So, I mean, I understand people's frustration, but it's going to take citizens getting involved in this to get our elections back. In fact, the only reason that mainstream media has started covering this issue the way they have is because of the hard evidence that has come out there because of people like Bev Harris and, and because it's, it, the evidence is becoming so predominant that it can no longer be ignored. And that's because citizens, not elected officials, uh, not vendors, but citizens have taken action. And that's what we need more of that if we're going to get our elections back. Well, yes, absolutely. Now, um, you know, there's a movie out, and I know you haven't seen it yet, but I just want to mention it for people. That's, it's sort of for election blues, the cure for election blues today. Uh, frustration and election blues is to go see the movie Man of the Year, although, <laughs> I mean, it'll make you laugh, but it, it actually is with Robin Williams. And, um, you know, there's a lot of humor in it, but it makes an incredibly serious point. And it, it, I'm so glad that it was released at this particular time, you know, because I think it is helping to um, 
drive home the point of what can happen. In this movie, um, <laughs> well, and there's the, in this movie, there's, uh, electronic voting is being introduced and a woman who works in the company, rec- I'm not gonna ruin the end for you folks, the woman, a woman who works in the company, sort of an idealistic woman, realizes that there's something wrong with the computer program. And it isn't made clear whether there's, you know, a, a, which party or what the bias is in particular, but she notices that there's a glitch. And the people who run the company don't want to acknowledge it because um, because they've been making tons of money selling their machines all over the country. And um, and so Robin Williams wins the presidency, but uh, the question is that it wasn't really accurate the way that he won. And I won't tell you any more, but, um, but it just points out really just how, how dangerous this phenomenon is. It kind of brings it home. Well, stay tuned. When we come back, I will ask my guest, Vicki Karp, the co-editor of Hacked High-Tech Election Theft in America, about what she thinks is behind um, this problem and how widespread the problem is. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Kara Lieberman. The Internet's premier talk radio station, VoiceAmerica.com. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. At least 90% of sports success requires mental strength. And the greater the competitive level, the more critical it becomes to build that mental muscle. Tune into Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Your host, Jim Meyer, sports psychology coach, consultant, and author, offers practical, powerful, and positive mental game, tools, tips, and techniques. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental game for Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? Um, there's this girl I kind of like. Well, if there's one thing I know, it's women. Really? Well, they didn't call me velvet for nothing. I don't get it. Smooth. I was smooth. Oh. Anyway, it's easy. You just got to impress her. Show her how strong you are. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? I don't know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt, if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, ugh! Try it. Ugh! Ugh! <laughs> See, there you go. And you should dress up. Start wearing a shirt and tie. I'll look like a dork. No, you'll look successful. Okay. And finally, you can start using my cologne. <clears throat> the ladies love it, so don't be shy. Splash it on. Thanks, Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To find out how you can adopt, please visit our website at adoptuskids.org or call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. 
If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking on Election Day about democracy in danger. My guest is Vicki Karp. She is the co-editor of Hacked High-Tech Election Theft in America. And, you know, I, I, I was just talking um, to Vicki during the break and telling her that we've been asleep, America has been asleep uh, during all these years that these <laughs> voting machines seem to have crept into more and more districts and we're just waking up and it's kind of parallel to what I talk about a lot, having just written Coping with Terrorism, Dreams Interrupted, um, about how America is sleeping in regard to the danger of terrorism and, and becoming physically and psychologically prepared for it. Um, how did these voting machines uh, climb into our backyards all over the country? Well, that's a good question, Carol. It happened... The ground was, the stage was set for this to happen by the 2000 election with hanging chads in Florida. And I think most people that were tracking that election at all remember the guy with the magnifying glass holding a, a ballot up in the air trying to figure out if the, if the chad was pregnant or hanging or whatever. Mm-hmm. And because of that, America was, was actually conditioned to believe, and I, I think this was a red herring, conditioned to believe that the real problem with the 2000 election was hanging chads, and we had to get rid of these hanging chad voting systems, the punch card systems, and the old-fashioned lever machine systems. So based on that, the federal government passed a law called the Help America Vote Act in 2002, and they took $3.86 billion of our taxpayer dollars, by the way, and they dangled that as a carrot out to the states encouraging them to upgrade their voting systems, get rid of old punch card and lever machines, and they promoted, they didn't say that they had to buy electronic voting machines, but that was considered to be the uh, the upgrade is electronics. I mean, we're in the computer age. That was considered to be the way to go. But but most importantly, what really, what really had the uh, impetus to create the demand for electronic voting through that bill was the mandate. This was the only part of the bill that was a mandate. It said each precinct had to have at least one voting system in place by the primary election of 2006 that would allow the disabled to vote without assistance. And the electronic voting systems were put out there mm-hmm. to the states as the method to, to create compliance for the Help America Vote Act. And so these four big vendors, ESNS, Hart, InterCivic, Diebold, and Sequoia, pushed forward their products to all the states and, and the Secretary of States and all these states have, have been gobbling up these systems for their states to become HAVA compliant by this year. And now we're in a position, Carol, where we have 80% of the votes being counted today, being cast and or counted on some sort of computerized system, two out of four of which, as I mentioned, are highly vulnerable if not designed for hacking. And, and this has all happened with our taxpayer dollars while we haven't been paying attention. I'm as guilty as everyone. It was even three years ago, um, was too late to really have an impact on this. But at least people are now starting to find out. I think in order for action to occur, first people have to get educated. And that is what we hoped to do with our book, Hacked, High-Tech Election Theft in America, because it, I think it details from the, from the perspective of several different experts who have been working on this just what the problem is and how deep it goes and, 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 and action steps that citizens can take are included there, too. Well, what is your um, opinion, uh, someone being in the thick of it, uh, as to what the nefarious 
plot is or plots, um, what the plan is. I mean, obviously, since we talk about, you know, the last two presidential elections being stolen, is this something that uh, Republicans are primarily, I mean, you know, is this, are these mini Halliburtons? <laughs> well, you know, that, that's a great question. It comes up a lot, and, and I don't think it's a, just a Republican plot, although at the highest levels they seem to have the advantage. But we have found that Deborah Harris has found in her investigations that in many states Democrats are in control and they have been doing everything they can to fight the investigation of these machines. So at other really? levels, state, state, some state local levels around the country, the Democrats are just as eager to avoid getting rid of the machines. They're just as eager to defend them and keep them in place. And so I don't think that you can pin it on one party. And we, we say it's a very nonpartisan issue. It's a, it's a multipartisan issue. It's a right and wrong issue, not a left or right issue. And as far as, you know, who's behind it, well, my, my personal opinion is, is there's a, a huge globalist agenda going on that if you, if you look at things from that perspective, there's so many issues that make sense to me. Uh, I've been studying a lot of what's been going on in the world, and um, that's my opinion. There's a globalist agenda. And what is and that? What is it? I think it's a one-world government that we're very much in, moving in the direction of right now and that open borders, the war in Iraq, and a lot of things that are going on with our policies are lending themselves in that direction and that from, from at the top level of each party, I think there's an agenda behind that that is moving in that direction. And that's just my opinion. So um, I can't back that up with anything. Well, that's okay. But, but, but in other words, um, people who have power in their respective parties who are looking for more power in terms of world domination. This sounds like a science fiction movie. <laughs> I mean, I'm not well, doubting you. I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know, we've come, the world is getting, uh, well, that's what I always talk about, how the world is sort of spinning out of control. I think it's, multi, it's multinational corporations who are running pretty much everything at both mm -hmm. levels, in both parties, behind the scenes. I think corporate corruption, privatization of, of elections is what we're experiencing here. That's just one arm of what's going on. Well, do these, uh, one thing that would be interesting to look into, and perhaps you and have or some of the people that quoted in your book, um, is there some common thread amongst these four major uh, election electronic voting machine companies. <laughs> well, I, you know, they the ownership ties. We have a whole chapter on the ownership ties. It's very convoluted, but in, in the corporations behind them are, and they're corporations, holding companies, investment companies. Uh, a lot of them do lead to top Republican operatives, but then also we have ownership that goes back to Venezuela among the Sequoia and. Uh, Smartmatic, which is a company that bought the Sequoia systems, they have ownership ties that go back to Venezuela. I don't know if Hugo Chavez is trying to run our elections from Venezuela or not, but but it, that is a fact that there's ownership ties to to Venezuela from one of the top four companies. So it seems like I, the Republicans seem to have um, more connections in the ownership level than the Democrats do. But at the same time, we do see Democrats trying to defend these machines, and so we refer to many of our elected officials these days as actually selected officials who are trying to maintain their positions by not having a return to honest elections. And I would like mm -hmm. to just kind of state here that our solution is yeah. to go back to hand-counted paper ballots with multiple multi-partisan oversight. I want to stress that again because even though we know elections are, have always been stolen one way or another, people try to steal them, but 
we also know that with electronic voting, it's not, you just cannot with a hand counted paper ballot election flip hundreds of thousands of votes to a different candidate with one touch of a computer keyboard, and that can be done with electronic voting systems. They're non-transparent systems. They're, they have secret software that citizens are not allowed to review. And uh, they, they just there's just too much evidence of fraud and hackability on these systems, and we have to get rid of them. And it's not going to happen until citizens get outraged and demand from their secretaries of state that we unplug these machines. So that's um, primarily what you're trying to, to make happen, um, for people to contact their Secretary of State and, I mean, like what's, you know, well, first, uh, we, we don't have too much time left but uh, for this half of the show, but um, like today's election, what do you see as the most, the biggest problem so far or problems, and what's going to happen when the election day is over? Is there going to be some, I mean, is it apathy that uh, is going to come into effect, or do you think people are going to be challenging elections all over the place? I think people will be challenging elections in many places around the country. I know Bob Petrakis in Ohio is running for governor there as an independent so that he will have standing for a lawsuit when this election is over Mm. because there's so much fraud in Ohio. So I think that will be going on in many places. But what I hope people will do is rather than just slack back into apathy, that they'll start looking at these fraudulent election results and all these questionable problems with machines and I hope they'll use that to fuel their indignation and want to get involved because there are groups all over this country working on this. And blackboxvoting.org is a good resource. Votersunite.org. They can get ideas about what to do locally from voterescue.org, our local Austin organization. Citizens have to get involved. And when Abby gets on, she'll give you some specifics about what people can do and, and uh, talk about the Citizens Action Toolkit that's posted on Black Box Voting to give people some very specific suggestions. Okay. And what has your day been like? <laughs> well, I've been on the radio a few times today, and I've been getting phone calls from around Austin and uh, both Travis and Williamson counties with some reports of problems, actually not as many as I expected so far. We do have a pretty good election uh, office here in Travis County. They run a tight election, but we are using hard intercivic machines and so we have experienced a few problems where machines have frozen up or not started up or the wrong ballot was coming up on the screen. And uh, we've also had a report that two different blind people came in and there was an electronic machine supposedly just for, you know, the blind and disabled to use, and they refused to use the machines because they'd heard that they were problematic. Mm. So I thought, great, our educational program is getting out there to the disabled community yeah. who we feel have been used as pawns by the Help America Vote Act, and we want to educate them that, it doesn't matter if they can vote without assistance if they're voting on a, on a system that can be hacked. Yes. Um, oh, my, and there we Well, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it for that. More questions. But I thank you very much um, for joining us today, and I, I really applaud all the work that you're doing, and I, I really think um, Thank you for lending some insights. It's really a very sad um, commentary, and, and you know this program is listened to all over the world, and um, it's it's kind of sad. It's sort of very embarrassing and, and sad for people in other countries to hear about how uh, we don't have our act together in this way, and that's kind of putting it mildly. You know, we're trying to spread democracy all well, over the world. That, that's I know it's very ironic. Well, this is an oppor- this is a great opportunity for people to become patriots in their own country here in America and, and get back our elections, reclaim our elections. Well, that's absolutely right. 
Well, Vicki, thank you very much. That's Vicki Carp. Thank you so much. Okay, that's Vicki Carp. She's the co-editor of Hacked High-Tech Election Theft in America. At the end of the show, I will give you uh, their website as well. And stay tuned. We're going to be having her other co-editor on after the break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. The Internet's premier talk radio station, voiceamerica.com. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood jet set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with president of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Getterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. At least 90% of sports success requires mental strength. And the greater the competitive level, the more critical it becomes to build that mental muscle. Tune into Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Your host, Jim Meyer, sports psychology coach, consultant, and author, offers practical, powerful, and positive mental game, tools, tips, and techniques. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental game with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show... Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Very important show today. Today is Election Day in America, and our democracy is in danger. However, if you have not voted yet, do not be... Uh, uh, do not be apathetic. Do not give up. Um, we still need to get out there and vote. We're talking today about the problems um, with two co-editors of the new book, Hacked, High-Tech Election Theft in America. My guest this half of the show is Abby Waldman Delosier. Did I pronounce that right? Yes, that's great. <laughs> um, and... Uh, 
talking about this problem, which, you know, seems to have crept up overnight because we weren't paying enough attention to it sooner. And, um, Abby, I want to ask you, first of all, about uh, the story about the chimp. I understand, <laughs> because I think this just kind of highlights the absurdity of um, what we have let happen. Um, I understand that you um, were the one who discovered a chimp who knows how to hack into our, or, or was taught how to hack into our um, machines that we are using, all 80% of us apparently, yeah. according to Vicki, all over the United States. So tell us about you and the chimp. Well, Vicki and I were helping Bev Harris of BlackBoxVoting.org co-produce a press conference at the National Press Club. It was September 22nd of 2004, right before the uh, election, presidential election. And so Bev, just to, for the satire effect, because the media likes, you know, novelty items to pick up a story, right. um, she said she was looking for a chimp that could hack because it was that simple to teach somebody. Now, you can teach a human being in about two minutes how to hack into these machines. And when we, we use the word hack, it gets a little confusing, but it's very simple. If you know how to use a computer, it's as simple as going into my computer, going into a uh, tabulating program and very simple clicking here and switching the vote columns and just changing the numbers and you've hacked a, an election. It's that simple. So Dr. Hugh Thompson, Herbert Thompson, who has written 13 books on computer security, sat down with the chimp and spent an hour with him and taught him about uh, three keystrokes. And the chimp, they uh, videotaped him. And you can watch it if you go to blackboxvoting.org and click on the little icon of the camera videos. And there's a pull-down menu, and it either says Baxter video or chimp video. And you can watch him hacking the election, and 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 uh, it's it's quite a humorous video. But it, of course, the sad thing is how sickening it is that this is going on. And it's interesting that you said a minute ago, Carol, that this has crept in on us. But Vicky and I, and activists across the country, have been working round the clock for three years trying to get this message out there. And the media has just been a terrible blackout. They don't want to talk about it. We've tried everything, trying to let people know this is going on. And thank goodness, just recently, Lou Dobbs and some other people have had the courage to finally start covering this in the major media. And so we're all so excited, but it's taken years for now, us to let people know this is going well, on. Why do you think that that is, that the mainstream media didn't want to cover it? Well, after hearing, I did listen to the first half of the show, and, and, and I don't like to come across as anything about conspiracy theory, but when you looked at the first part of the Bush presidency, there was a lot of fear in the first three years of bringing out anything. You know, uh, you had uh, reporters being thrown in jail, Judith Miller, uh, all sorts of things going on, and there's been a tipping point, and all of a sudden the country here in the last year is finally waking up and going, there's something terribly wrong, and even the media has started covering things differently, and I think the, the ownership of the media is so narrow that it's owned by a few corporations mm. that there has really been a blackout for the first uh, part of this presidency on things that were going on that years ago would have been massive scandals at the level of Watergate. Yes, you know. So I think that's why we've had such trouble getting this uh, out there. But you would think, you know, 
if people are listening overseas to your show, which they are, you're right, it's embarrassing and sickening that in our so-called beacon of democracy that we don't have safe elections. You know, um, talk about scandal. In these the weeks leading up to today's election, when you think about what's been in the news besides the usual stories, I mean, the topics of terrorism in Iraq and all mm-hmm. things like that, we've been having sex scandals, you know, and, and I, I can... I mean, of course, one of them had to do with exposing a um, a, a reverend a page, who right. mm-hmm. who um, was against you know uh, gay marriage on the ballot, so it was sort of related to the election. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, it's also so many things are are out there in the media that are really uh, just distractions mm-hmm. um, from from the most important issues like this. I don't mean certainly that terrorism is a distraction, but I'm talking about these these scandals that catch our uh, our attention, you know, and, and divert us mm-hmm. um, from from really fundamental kinds of topics like this. You know, uh, today I've been watching all day on the computer. I've been following reports around the country that are coming in, just pouring in. And in our book, we have a chapter written by May Schmidt, who's an election uh, judge here in Travis County, where I live in Austin, Texas. And she's a 35-year election judge. And she writes quite simply that with hand-counted paper ballots, you did not leave the precinct until every vote was accounted for. You get on the Internet today and on TV, and there's hundreds of thousands, and this vote's lost. There's 5,000 machines here and 5,000 votes there, and there's two-hour waits in Colorado to vote because the machines are breaking down. Look at the conditioning. Years ago, nobody would have thought that on Election Day we'd be watching what's going on today. This is It's unheard of. It's inexcusable, and and nobody should put up with it. We shouldn't allow this in our society. We we are supposed to be advancing in civilization, not digressing. Yes, and there's something, um, there was a comment actually by someone on your website, and we'll give those addresses out at the end, but um, about in regard to your book and, uh, of course, praising it and, and talking about how we get receipts for Slurpees, yes. yeah, you <laughs> but we don't get receipts for our votes. We have no proof um, in regard to the, our, our purchasing or, or our putting in of, you know, our, our, the recording of our votes. Yes. Well, why don't you tell us about some very specific things that people can do to take back their vote? Well, today, when you go vote, take a camera with you, and I'll just briefly mention this, then we'll move forward to tomorrow. Okay. Um, Take a camera. If you notice things, take pictures, write down the time. Uh, If you see vendors coming in that are so-called technicians coming to, quote, fix a machine, (laughs) ask them who they are, get their name. Uh, take pictures of what they're doing. Evidence has to be in pictures or audio. Hearsay, mm. you can't just talk. And so we want people to, to, to call in and write in to the different organizations about you can uh, report these instances on several hotlines. But let's go to tomorrow. What you can do is go to Bev Harris's website because she, of all the groups in the country, has the most comprehensive action plan. And I do media work uh, uh, aside from my regular day job. And um, on there is the Citizen's Toolkit. It's on the homepage of blackboxvoting.org. It's 97 pages, and it's the most incredible, well-written document that's broken down into modules of actions. We ask that you pick a module that interests you. Some of the modules are just a couple of pages long. Simple, simple things. If you are sitting at home and 
elderly and can't get out. If you would adopt an official, whether it be an election official or your uh, representative, your senator, your congressman, and start every week calling them, faxing them, and emailing them, and writing them, and letting them know that you are watching and you want hand-counted paper ballots, that you are not going to put up with this. If everybody, if, if 100,000 people started doing that out there, or however many people, and ask your friends to do it, and start writing these officials and just watchdogging them and keep on demanding paper ballots, hand-counted, then that, that's one simple action that somebody could do that's at home or that has a busy life and just doesn't have time to do a lot. Secondly, you can file, uh, get with, if you'll go on it, to... Let's give, save the websites till the end. Yeah, we'll, okay, we'll save websites. Secondly, you can find a local uh, election reform group. They're all over the country. You would be shocked at how many election reform groups there are. And you can get with some local folks, like we have our group here in Austin, and take actions together. You can file open records requests to see the voting auditing logs, the manager's logs from each precinct, looking for times when the machine either stopped recording. This is very common. Sometimes when hacking's going on, there'll be entire pieces of two or three hours during heavy tabulation periods from 7 p.m. to midnight when there's just no record the machine quit recording it for where um, the uh, the logs have been switched out. Bev Harris has a, a videotape where she uh, filed an open records request in Florida and wanted to see the official poll tapes that were signed to, to look at them, looking for irregularities like I'm talking about, missing pieces of time where calculating was going on supposedly by the machine and tabulating. What she found was they said, well, we don't have those ready for you yet. They're in the warehouse. Well, instead of waiting until the next morning like they asked her to, she found out where the warehouse is from mm. the janitor, went over there and found them throwing out the official election tapes that were signed. And wow. she had her video camera with her wow. and seized them and got in a wrestling fight with the guy over the bag, called the sheriff and, and filed an open records request on the spot, hand-wrote it on a piece of garbage and handed it to him and said, these are mine, and grabbed them and waited till her attorney showed up. And, and they were throwing out election tapes. Things like that, being brave and standing up and taking back our elections. You can become a precinct worker, poll worker, so you can be there firsthand and, and uh, help with elections and watch what's going on. You can go online and study your local statutes in your state so that you know what the rules are. For example, in Texas, it says that you have to have a paper record of the voting. Well, we have electronic voting machines that don't, we are questioning what the word paper means. We don't feel an audit log inside a computer is a paper mm. ballot mm -hmm. because it doesn't show the voter's intent of how you wanted your vote to be recorded. So that's another thing you can do. Um, the big question to ask here, Carol, is, is every citizen should be calling their attorney general in their state and filing complaints with the Consumer Protection Agency. And you, if if hundreds or thousands of citizens started filing complaints because every Secretary of State has a consumer protection agency and you want to know why you were sold a bill of goods where you didn't get to look under the hood and, we, and your taxpayer dollars went to, went to machines that have been proven by scientific studies to not be safe and get your attorney generals, they are not taking action. They are not 
protecting the citizenry. The citizenry. So that's a simple thing you could do. All right. Well, we need to take a break now, but when we return, we will come back with more suggestions of things that you can do. And uh, this is obviously um, a number one priority here. Uh, just because Election Day is going to be over uh, by tomorrow, it, we certainly need to stop the uh, spread of these electronic voting machines, and we need to get them unplugged for the next elections. And it's not going to happen overnight, so we need to start right away. Uh, in fact, as as my guest, Abby Waldman DeLozier, was saying, really you need to start today with pictures and audio you haven't voted yet or even if you have um, perhaps you can still go to the voting area and see what you can do so stay tuned you're listening to dr carol's couch and i'm your psychiatrist host dr carol lieberman the authority and in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, echopreneur, author, and green living maven, brings you an upbeat, fun exploration of the doables of living a more earth-friendly life. Kim cuts through the noise and urban myth of green do's and don'ts and shows that it is possible to live green easily, from hip organic weddings to exotic echo travel to healthy personal care products. Get the most current trends and tips from the experts for living a more planet-friendly and human lifestyle. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, broadcast each Thursday at Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel. Living the green life for a human, healthy, and planet-friendly lifestyle. Albert Einstein once said, Nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, broadcast each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. Wine and Women is not your boring wine geek show. It is rather a fresh, fast-paced approach featuring interesting stories and entertaining segments about wine and wine-related topics through a warm and chatty format that will appeal especially to women, men optional. Hosted by wine connoisseurs and luxury lifestyle experts, Julie Brosterman, Lisa Kring, Sharon Borston, and Jeanette Oku, Wine and Women takes listeners to Napa, Sonoma, and other wine regions worldwide to meet the best as well as the newest winemakers, to restaurants to meet top chefs and sommeliers, to wine-themed spas, wine country getaways, even into supermarket wine aisles where Women and Wine Angels swoops down and helps shoppers to get their wine picks and more. Women and Wine broadcasts each Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Women and Wine, enjoying life one sip at a time. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 
472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's election show. <laughs> um, we're talking today about how our democracy is in danger. My guest is Abby Waldman Delosier. She is the co-editor of Hacked, High-Tech Election Theft in America. We'll be giving you some um, uh, email, I mean, uh, website addresses at the end that you should click on, um, both in regard to her book and in regard to finding out more about what you can do. I wanted to ask you um, about absentee ballots because more and more people um, choose to vote by absentee ballot because we're all so busy. <laughs> we're all so busy. We're, we're not watching uh, our democracy go down the tubes. Mm. Um, and we, we use absentee ballots. And I'm wondering how, you know, there are probably some people who are thinking, well, okay, this is terrible that we have these uh, computerized voting machines and mm-hmm. over 80% of the country. But how is, even if we take care of that problem, what about the absentee ballot? Well, that's a problem as well. In, in certain jurisdictions, they actually just take the absentee ballots and just feed them into a computer. And so um, what you can try and do, if you really want to be uh, active here, proactive today, is f- go to whoever is in charge of counting your election results. For example, where I live, it's the, the uh, county recorder. The, and um, we're going to go down to this evening because they're going to be counting the votes. We got permission in advance, but you can always knock on the door and say, I'm a citizen, I want to observe my elections. And uh, take a camera with you, and um, I don't know whether to advise you to uh, try and ask them for permission to shoot or just start shooting and see what they do. I'll leave that up to you, (laughs) the listener, uh, because different states have different laws about uh, taping or or, uh, taking pictures or audio, et cetera. But be that as it may, and ask them, tell them you want these the votes hand counted, but again, with your question about the uh, uh, provisional, and of course, and the absentee ballots, every county's different what their procedure is in state as to whether they hand count those or just feed the results into a machine. So we need to be asking that they be hand counted. Yes, you want them hand counted, that's correct. Uh, so that there's some type of, of citizen oversight that, that someone's putting their hands on it, reading your, your, your vote. That's what you want. That's why you put it on paper. I mean, everybody makes this big thing, what's so terrible about paper? You know, with the hanging chads, as Vicky said earlier, they really seized on that as a red herring to, to uh, create a situation, a, a massive PR campaign that paper's terrible. Well, no, paper's not terrible. It's real simple. Real simple to design a ballot that's easy to mark and easy to read, does not have to have chads. Back when we did do hand-counted paper ballots, you had teams of people sitting there counting the votes together, accounting for every person that signed in and their vote. And you toasted, excuse me, you posted the level, the count at the precinct so that you could have accountability and see what was going on and then take that next step of of uh, the paper used to post the precinct results so that you could uh-huh. count and see what, what the votes were doing in your city. That's no longer the case. It disappears into the cyber world. Well, now, are, are you also your organization um, or other um, uh, or similar organizations try, doing exit polls and, and uh, recording the votes that way and, and looking for where there are discrepancies? Um, 
our organization's not here. We're very young and new. We've all been working on this issue for years. And then Karen Rennick, a local friend of ours and colleague working on this stuff, decided to put together a group. And um, But Jonathan Simon, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of his group right now, in Boston, I believe, he, there are several groups doing exit polling and, and tabulating uh, back east, but um, we are not here. But we do have three precincts we picked we picked where we're running what's called a parallel election. We set up a table. We're talking about paper ballots. We're asking people on their way out after they voted if they'd like to cast a paper ballot and come back at 7 and watch it counted and be part of the process. Just to reintroduce the idea that this is real simple and expensive and safe thing to do, and people stop and talk to us. Mm-hmm. Now, when you, um, the idea of collecting pictures, taking pictures, um, video and still pictures and, and audio. Um, do you think that the media, going back to that, I mean, what should people do with these collections of evidence that they get? Um, because you were talking earlier about how the media has been resistant and there have been only a few brave people who have been exposing this. So what should people do with this when they get it? Um, well, you can... Get with a local or state election group and decide if you see things that run a counter to what your um, state statutes are. Consider going to the ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union, or some local election groups and, and seeing if you have enough evidence there to file a lawsuit. I'll give you a perfect example, Carol. Uh -huh. Yesterday in Williamson County, which is just north of Austin, Texas, where I live, the uh, machines all broke down. They weren't functioning. They wouldn't do any. They couldn't test them, and the testing is a, a misnomer anyway, because the testing will not detect hacking or fraud. But uh, that's another story we could go into, and I won't today. But um, the uh, machines were not functioning, and this happened actually in the primary in the same county. ESNS machines, one of the big vendors. So the uh, county clerk there said, "Well, we'll bring in the technicians, and they're going to fix them." That is illegal because they're going to be bringing in so, some sort of a patch or a fix mm. to fix the machine, and it's uncertified patch. Nobody knows what's on it. It, mm. it has been proved by Princeton recently that you can bring a patch into a machine and introduce new code or new programming that none of us would know about that could radically shift that election today. Right. It happened all over the state of Georgia in 2002. And, in fact, that's a great way to do it. Um, I mean, other than the fact that it's illegal, but, I mean, to, to pretend that they're broken and that they and you need a patch. Actually, we have high reason to believe that that's one of the ways they hack these machines is that they can program the computer to, quote, break down, and mm -hmm. then they bring it. And that's exactly what happened in Georgia. There's a whole, you can read about that on Bev's website, Bev Harris's website. It's called the Rob Georgia file that she found on the Internet that described how to, to rob that election in Georgia. Well, Frightening stuff. It's terrible. Yes, it's, uh, it's, it's... It's overwhelming and shocking. I know just hearing your responses to Vicki and I, uh, it, it, there's so much information we're giving you and your listeners that's so shocking, and, and yet we ask you to get past the shock and wake up and go... What do I need to do? Democracy is not a spectator sport. I need to find some little thing that I can do with the time I have and the commitment because I, I want to have a say in who is running my country and what they're doing with my money and our politics and our, and our world policies that have been so devastating lately. 
and this is not what we uh, voted for. We haven't had elections. We feel after doing this research for this book, it's been shocking to do the research for this book, I have yes, to tell you. Yes, yes. Very demoralizing, I'm sure. Well, we do have to get past being demoralized and frustrated and apathetic. Into action, yes. Right. And could you please give out the website addresses? Ours is hackedelections.com, and the other is blackboxvoting.org. And that's Hacked Elections, that's H-A-C-E-D. I'm sorry. H-A-C-K-E-D, elections.com, hackedelections.com, and also blackboxvideo.org. You can look at the chip. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, black, 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 blackboxvoting.org. I know I was going to say you can click on the video of the chimp um, fixing the elections. And also, again, my suggestion is to, uh, for the Election Day Blues, um, is to go see the movie Man of the Year. It brings it home, makes you laugh. But then when you walk out of that movie, um, click onto these websites and go do something. We Thank each, you, Carol. You're very welcome. We each... Um, have to take, be responsible for not letting our democracy go down the drain. Or Make sure and watch Hacking Democracy on HBO. Forgive me for interrupting. That's yes. an excellent documentary right now that shows yes. the whole picture. And that, too. I'm glad that you uh, mentioned that Thank again. Thank you so much, Carol. And please, if you haven't voted yet today, go out and vote. And do bring cameras, bring audio equipment, and uh, record these things. Go to your media outlets. Go to the... as as my guest said, um, contact the ACLU, contact various election groups, contact um, hackedelections.com, and, um, and, and make it known. So thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Again, my guests have been Vicki Karp and Abby Waldman-Delosier. They are co-editors of the book, Hacked High-Tech Election Theft in America. And uh, this is obviously a very important very important issue, perhaps the most important issue, because how are we going to solve other problems if we don't get the people in office who we want and who we think will save our planet? So, thank you for listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and get out there and vote. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.